0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to today's broadcast of Earth Energy Forecast on this January 29th, 2019. My name is Joan Serio, and I'm so happy that you joined me today. Today's show is about ancient prophecy and how we may be fulfilling that prophecy. I'll talk about the Hopi prophecy and what their elders say, and also about the Mayan calendar and its prophecy. I used to live in Sedona, Arizona, where I had the opportunity to meet and listen to Hopi and Mayan elders, and Ian Lungold, a student of the Mayan calendar and friend of Carl Kellerman, who has studied the Mayan calendar, and the new one that has already begun. Ian became interested in Mayan prophecy when he was making jewelry that contained Mayan glyphs. The Mayan symbols activated his subconscious mind, and he started to awaken to their meanings. He later became friends with Carl Kellerman and shared his knowledge of the Mayan calendar. Ian passed in 2005, and I hope, Ian, that you're listening to today's show. Thanks for all of your great work. Let's start with the Hopi prophecy. The Hopi tribe is a sovereign nation located in northern Arizona. On one of their three mesas is what's called Prophecy Rock. Etched into this rock is a petroglyph that allegedly describes their prophecy. Some Hopi say that its story is for them alone, and others say it has a greater meaning. The Hopi have said that when the heart and the mind become separated and are no longer one, the earth will heal herself through catastrophic change. After this, we will enter a new world of consciousness. When this happens, It will be important to maintain balance between our mind, heart, and the earth because our thoughts, desires, and actions will all happen simultaneously. What we think and desire will manifest at the speed of thought. Etched into prophecy work are several lines. One vertical line that leads to a square, and there are two lines that go out from the square. The lower line shows what would happen if we and or the Hopi follow their way of life, being spiritually connected to the earth and live on her in a spiritual way, knowing that everything has a spirit and that we're all creatures uh, of one family. Then life and the Hopi would continue on this line as it continues on to the other side of the rock. But the upper line is the line of the white man, choosing to live differently, goes through several worlds and world wars. This line does not continue on like the lower Hopi line. Some Hopis say that the first war, denoted by the first circle on that upper line, was when Columbus arrived and later brought the rest of Europe with him. Disease and war decreased the indigenous population from 60 million to 800,000 by World War II. The next cycle on the upper line of Prophecy Rock allegedly represents World War II when many thousands of people died and the first atomic bomb was used. This timeline represents the time of great purification before the renewal. The next half circle on the line, some say, represents World War III, which will be devastating and the earth will shake, so the Hopi say. There would be numerous earthquakes and floods. What they saw and what was passed down was something that looked like a nuclear bomb would look today. However, the latest research that I have been following, what the Hobie may have seen and interpreted as nuclear war, may in fact be the next cycle of the sun going micro nova, which would produce something that would look like a nuclear bomb. It would account for the earthquakes and floods that the Hopi predict. Nostradamus also predicted World War III and the use of atomic bombs around this time. Of course, he didn't use that language, and what he saw in his sphere may be the sun-going micronova as well. We will talk more about the sun-going micronova in upcoming shows. In either case, this event will cause Everything to revert back to the original ways, as the Hopi say. This means no power, no plumbed or potable water, no mechanical transportation or means of communication. Prior to this cataclysmic event, the Hopi predict that storms will become more intense. We are already seeing this, and we have corrupted our water supply. It is no coincidence then. That the earth is comprised of approximately 80% water, and so are our bodies. We need clean water to live. The Hopi say that before Columbus, they could drink from any river. If we followed the Hopi way, we would still be able to drink out of any river. This comes from living in a sacred manner, treating the earth, water, air, and fire as sacred. It means living in right relationship with all and in balance. We must realize we are all one family on this earth. Some say that during this time of great purification, there may be some new technologies that can help the earth clean herself. They also say that after this time of purification, there will be no more disease or pain, just everlasting life. Sounds familiar to what is predicted during these quote-unquote end times in the metaphysical community. I touched on the science just a bit in the last show on how we are connected to the Earth's magnetic field, and as her frequency increases, our frequency increases with her. This means that we can go into another world of consciousness as the Hopi and Maya describe it. So let's talk about the famous Mayan calendar that many said ended in December 21st, 2012. Carl Kalamann recalculated the end date to October 28, 2011. In either case, the calendar was more than just a measure of time. It is a measure of consciousness. It showed the levels of conscious evolution from the first cycle titled cellular over 16.4 billion years ago, current one titled universal, where our consciousness has evolved from action-reaction or stimulus-response to conscious co-creation. Here it was said that we would go through a consciousness shift every 20 days. Indeed, I'm sure you ask yourself, and I ask myself the same question, who am I today, or who am I in this next moment? When Ian taught about the Mayan calendar, he said that it would feel like time is speeding up. I think most of us would agree with that, However, he said it is really the rate of creation that is speeding up. So if you think about it, with all the technology we have today, we can certainly create at a faster rate than ever before. Remember what the Hopi said about this coming time, that we would be able to manifest at the speed of thought. Both prophecies predict this same occurrence. As our level of consciousness increases from third-dimensional to fifth-dimensional and above, the time lapse between thought and manifestation decreases. Ian also said that our emotional state would affect our perceived choices. As we go up to the emotional scale with increasing consciousness and go into the emotion of enthusiasm and then to ecstasy, the highest state, we will see that there are infinite choices in our lives. He added that the key to living through these times is found in these four words, attention, intention, integrity, and intuition. First, pay attention. More than ever now, we need to pay attention to the environment around us. To the wind, the sky, the animals, the birds, are they quiet or are they singing their alarm call? To the sun, to our immediate surroundings, checking to see am I safe, especially with all of the uh, shootings that we've had in the United States, with all the terrorist attacks we've had across the world. It's not time to be on our cell phones or tablets. It's time to pay attention. Talked about this term, zombie apocalypse. We need to wake up, and that's one of the things that I hope this show will accomplish, is that by listening to all of this, you will understand the need to pay attention, truly, to keep informed, and the need to work together at this time. Second, set intention. What does that mean to set an intention? First of all, you must become a vigilant observer of all of your thoughts. Remember, we will soon create at the speed of thought. So be careful what you wish for because you will get it. So you must pay attention to all those thoughts and set an intention and focus on that intention. What am I to create today? Because remember, we are in this conscious co-creation cycle of the Mayan calendar. We're all consciously creating together. So the more you focus on what it is you want to create, the more you will create that. Third, be in your integrity. This means being congruent with what you feel in your heart. Or that the inner matches the outer you. So that you are living an authentic life. And that you're being truthful and in your integrity as we normally would think about it too. Especially at this time with Saturn and Capricorn which will soon conjunct Pluto and Capricorn it's not a time to be out of your integrity for anything that is out of its integrity will be dismantled and or transformed. (laughs) And I will have uh, astrologers come on and speak about this time. We're just entering this uh, astrological window this year, and uh, Saturn and Pluto are coming closer and closer together. And towards the end of this year and into next year, January, I think they become, um, the the conjunction will be perfect, which means they'll be at the same degree of, of Capricorn. Think of Pluto as... Um, <clears throat> the great transformer or I like to think of it like a jackhammer <laughs> and, and Capricorn is all about structures it's all about career and reputation and government and um, discipline and it's ruled by Saturn so Saturn is exalted in Capricorn which means it's got all its big boy pants on um, and, and Saturn is the taskmaster And Saturn wants the discipline, it wants you to be disciplined, it wants you to be structured, and it has the ability to bring the thought into form. We need Saturn, everybody's like, oh my God, Saturn, but no, we need Saturn in order to manifest, you know, as I say in Hardwired to Heaven, you know, um, a creator creates with one hand, you know, in heaven and the other on earth. We have to bring heaven to earth. And as a matter of fact, that's what we're doing at this time, I believe, with Uranus going into Taurus. Uranus is about, about the higher dimensions and higher consciousness. And Taurus is, is the most earth sign of any earth signs in the zodiac. So we're really literally going to start, because it's moving back into Taurus in March, bringing heaven to earth. So isn't that kind of what the Hopi have said? I mean, yes, we're going through this change and we're also bringing heaven to earth where we're increasing our consciousness. So we need Saturn in order to do that. However, Pluto is kind of jackhammering all the structures that are in place. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look around and see that the structures that we formed, most of them, are one, not in their integrity, and two, just don't work. And so we're going to have this huge dismantling process starting, and I think we can start to see it, especially in the United States right now. But it's going to continue and get even more intense come 2020 and um, and beyond. So we're going to talk more about the astrology in other shows, but this is also setting the stage. And I know the Hopi were intimately connected with, with uh, Father Sky and with star beings, and they called them the Kachinas. And, you know, uh, they, they um, paid attention to the cycles in the sky. But did they really know about the astrology? I don't know, because astrology is, is, is an ancient tool as well Nostradamus knew about astrology and he used astrology and when he peered into his ball to to write his quatrains and his prophecy for the future um, I'm going to talk about that in a minute what um, what he might have seen Uh, so What the Hopi saw was that this um, – what could, could have looked at as a, a nuclear bomb could be described as a solar micronova. And when uh, Nostradamus looked into his crystal ball there and, and divinated all of these prophecies – you know, uh, living back, you know, um, I, I don't know what century right now, off the top of my head, maybe 15th, 15th century. Um, he didn't know what a nuclear bomb would look like, you know, but he saw something and he had to describe it in his own words. And what he was describing could be this solar micronova that we'll talk about in later shows. So that was about integrity. And lastly, in- use your intuition. We all are gifted with intuition because we all have a heart. And uh, I did a lot of research about the heart when I wrote the book Hardwired to Heaven, which I should have called Heartwired to Heaven. Uh, it was all about the physical and metaphysical heart and how it's connected. It's all We're all connected through our hearts and how it's connected to the cosmic consciousness, to the one heart as I like to describe it. And as a matter of fact, HeartMath, it's, as the name implies, has done a lot of research regarding the heart, has found that Intuitive information enters the heart first and then goes to the brain. There are some 40,000 neurites, these specialty cells in the heart that are like brain cells. So the heart has like a, a mini brain in it. And they started a new field of study called neurocardiology to study this. So the heart takes in this uh, cosmic mind, this intuitive information that you know we all pick up on, and what do we say? I'm getting certain vibes. Well, what vibes are you getting? It's your heart's electromagnetic field that's picking it up because it's five thousand times more powerful than the brain's. The heart is really running the show, so that's where your intuition comes, and that's why it's really important to follow your heart. Um, and so. As you're paying attention to your intuition, if something doesn't feel right, pay attention and follow your instinct. You know I always say if I don't feel it, I don't do it. you know if it doesn't feel right, I just won't do it. If you'd like more information um about you know how the heart and take in information before the brain. Just go to heartmath.org. Heartmath is all one word, um, and they also have a Global Coherence Initiative, where they study um, heart rate variability, in other words, how much your your heartbeat varies over time um, when you're doing this this focused. Um, heart coherence exercise that we'll talk about in another show, but you can join that and you can Google global heart coherence and become part of that. And then on new moons, or I think it's a full moon global coherence initiative. uh, You can, you can do this exercise that they teach you and focus on a particular um, object, whatever it is that they choose. And they have these meters all across the world that are measuring this. And it really can affect change. So, that's one way that we can affect change, positive change, in all this change that may feel like we have no control over. So, while we're in the midst of these prophecies, it's important to note that both of them say the world will continue and that consciousness will increase we have as i call it the bump in the road to traverse before we reach the next world of peace as described by the hopi if you want more information about the mayan calendar and ian Lundgold, you can go to his website it's still being maintained and um I, I use it a lot for uh, articles. They they have a whole library of articles online there, and it's just have a plethora of information. And just go to mayanmagics.com, and I will spell it for you, M-A-Y-A-N-M-A-J-I-X.com. In next week's show, I will have an Anishinaabe elder to tell their story about this time and how we can stay connected to Mother Earth. Speaking of Earth, here's the latest news. A dam holding back mine waste from Valley Mining Company in southeastern Brazil gave way on January 25th, killing 37. 200 are still missing. The toxic red-brown mud covered buildings and snapped trees as it rolled downhill. Two whales found dead in Germany were found full of plastic car parts and plastic debris, polluted oceans. There are efforts now to clean up the oceans, and um, I, I, would, I um, encourage you to Google that and see what you can do. Um, I can't think of the name, but there's a bracelet out there that you can purchase. I'll try to remember for next show to give it to you, and all the proceeds go to helping clean up the oceans. There, there are things that we can do to make this a better world. On January 27th, a C-class flare burst, but no coronal mass ejection off the sun from one of the two sunspots that we talked about last week. And those sunspots are now leaving our view and a coronal hole is taking their place. And we are at the second highest alert today for cardiac and mental health patients and also for cognitive and emotional instability in all life due to the solar activity. Remember, our hearts and brains are electromagnetic organs and are therefore affected by the electromagnetic radiation from the sun. So we're, we're physically feeling these changes and, you know, a lot of us think, oh, you know, uh, am I having a heart attack or why, why can't I um, remember anything today? Um, you know, I am getting older, so I wonder if it's age, but sometimes I wonder too because the Earth's magnetic field holds our memory. And it's like, you know, the stripe on the back of your credit card. Okay. So when you go and you swipe the credit card or the chip held on the chip of the card and you put it in the reader, it's, you know, if it gets wiped clean, it's not going to read that card. So the Earth's magnetic field is approaching zero. I don't know. Will our memories all be wiped out? I don't know. But I know that our memory is tied with Mother Earth. Magnetic field. Also, on January 27th, there was a 6.2 earthquake below Fiji. There was a second tornado in Turkey within two weeks. And on January 28th, there was also a deadly tornado in Havana, Cuba, that resulted in three deaths and 172 injured. Also on January 28th, it was reported that Chicago had its coldest day in reported history with wind chill temperatures between 50 and 55 degrees below zero, while in the land down under, far north Queensland River in Australia broke a 118-year-old flood record. I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember um The really cold winters that we used to have. And I remember actual temperatures of 30 below and and wind chills of 50 to 60 below in the northeast. Um, We're going to talk more about this and what these uh, solar changes and earth changes mean and how the earth may become becoming colder. Some believe we're going into a mini ice age. Meanwhile, within our personal lives, I think that many of you listening will agree that things are finally moving and we're now creating the life we came to live. Amen. That's certainly good news. The energy feels lighter this week. It feels like we're building to something, but it also feels like um, if we were going to plug take a wire and plug it into an outlet that we're close to the outlet. The prongs are close to the outlet, but not plugged in yet. That's what the energy feels like to me this week. Um, there's this anticipation. Um, there's, there's juice flowing in that outlet and we know it and, um, we're just about ready to plug in. And I think that once it's plugged for us personally that have been working, um, as light workers uh, on this planet, and have been awakening and uh, working to help us through this time. I think it's going to really juice us along. Um, also, I think it's it's a metaphor too for what might be coming. Like, okay, so things get connected, and that could mean in the United States. I did hear that the Mueller investigation is coming to a close shortly maybe within the next several weeks and maybe that's what i'm feeling as well that there's going to be you know a lot more information a lot more energy flowing at that time and i think a lot more things are going to precipitate from that so just pay attention to that in next week's show i will have brian Hawley and anishinaabe elder as my guest to talk about their prophecy and how to connect with mother earth It's really important for us to stay connected to her now. The more we're connected to the earth, the more that we will know, we will feel, we will intuit, it will be part of our instinct to feel when these changes may be coming, to feel when something's not right. She is our mother, and she holds, as as the elders will tell you, our ancestors, and that wisdom And he'll also help you to learn how to live in right relationship with her. we'll talk about that more in other shows too. So I certainly hope that you can join us next Tuesday, February 5th, at 2 p.m. Eastern for the next Earth Energy Forecast. You can always listen to it in the archives if you miss the live show. Thanks for joining me today and all those that are listening later to the podcast Stay tuned and stay informed, everyone. Have a wonderful day.